Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining us for another edition of Hold My Dream, where we navigate the news and politics with a chaser of civility. I'm your host, Jen, inviting you to grab your favorite beverage, sit back, and imagine with us how to create a new American identity together. Welcome to this week's Hold My Drink and Counterweight podcast with my co-host, David Bernstein. Today, we are speaking with Buck Angel. And Buck, there's really not much that you don't do. I'm pretty sure you are a human rights activist. You're an entrepreneur. You're a speaker. You're a transsexual man. And I love so much the hat that you're wearing today because it says Tranpa. And that is, of all the names that you've been called, and we'll get into that, Tranpa is my favorite. <laughs> um, but before we get started, we always start uh, our conversation with seeing what we're drinking for this day. And and so, Buck, do you do bring a drink to the table? I sure do. The thing I always drink every day, water. <laughs> I don't drink alcohol. I haven't drank for uh, like 30 years. I don't even know anymore what, what it is. But, you know, so I enjoy my water. Good for you. Right yeah, on. Um, I should think about that. but <laughs> No, it's not to shame anybody. It was yeah, my no, own stuff. No. <laughs> <my> own stuff. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't take it like that either. But, you know, every day I'm like, mm, mm. So, David. Anything for you? Well, I was planning on getting some bourbon, but my last Zoom call went right up to the edge of this call, and I didn't even have a chance to go and get a filler. So, um, yeah, kind of downer. But I'll, I'll, I'll enjoy the, the whatever your spirits through you vicariously. Yes. Right so I am the, the, the one with the alcohol, and <laughs> I've got nothing exciting. It's just my normal wine. I really need to have a public service announcement and have people tell me what I should be drinking because I've, David and I have gotten boring. It's bourbon and wine, right, David? I mean, like, we, we, we need like some cocktail. We need some mixologists. That's some exactly right. No, you should have some. I have a great idea for you. You should get a cocktail company to sponsor your podcast, and then you can have Ooh. drinks made. That, that could be the drink made. So that that's what you should do. You should PSA. reach out. There well, you that's go. why. That's why you're an entrepreneur, and we're yeah. not. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for we'll take it. Yeah. Right. Anyone, do it. Do it. Anyone listening? Buck Angel says. <laughs> <laughs> So with that, but um, I just, before we, we, you know, we really invited you on because you are uh, someone who really believes in viewpoint diversity. Uh, you, you go against the grain, but before we ask you those kind of questions, I mean, I just want to know who is Buck Angel and if, if start as early as you want, but I just love to hear your life. I mean, I know because I've been following you. Uh, I, I know that you have experienced homelessness. I know that you are in the porn industry. I know that you are now an entrepreneur, um, but just start at the beginning. Like, how did you? Who wow. You? <laughs> I know, <laughs> I big know, question, it's, it's right? Big. No, it is a big question for a person like myself who survived and is here yeah. alive. So that being said, I don't want to get all dramatic, but my life is kind of insane. <laughs> like sometimes I just can't even believe I'm actually 58 years old now. And here I am, but that I'm being called Trampa. But, you know, really kind of in a big nutshell, I, you know, was born female, uh, 1962. We didn't discuss these things of feeling different than even gay, straight, whatever. You just didn't have those talks. Uh, I, my parents noticed me very much leaning towards the male side as a girl, and they very much blessed me with that. They never had an issue with me being Buck. They even called me Buck. My girl name was Laura, my birth name, but they called me Buck, and I was like that little boy. And, you know, what we call a tomboy and somebody who's just in that gender space. And it's okay. All I think all kids play on some level with that stuff. So my parents were kind of very progressive in the fact that they let me just be buck, bought me boy toys, let me wear boy clothes. There was turmoil when I had to do things like go to church or go to family functions. And I had to dress as Laura and the little girl. So there, there were some you know, mixed messages for me growing up. But other than that, I will tell you that I had an awesome childhood. My parents were awesome. We had great, I had a great childhood. It wasn't until I got to be like 16 and 17 and, you know, things start to change and you start to grow into your body as a female. And, you know, those things were happening to me and I was completely at a loss for it. And I didn't really get, my mom didn't talk to me. I have two sisters, an older and a younger sister. She didn't talk to me about menstruation or any of those things because on some level, I think they thought of me as a boy. And 
I, I got left out of that equation. And so I was very much of a loner and I started drinking alcohol and I started, you know, doing things called cutting where I cut myself. And I started going to a psychiatrist who just labeled me a very masculine woman and a lesbian. And, you know, then they gave me antidepressants, which led me into suicide attempts. And then I got put into a psychiatric hospital at 17, uh, finally got out of there with still depression, ended up not graduating high school. I became a really great runner and I was sought after by a you know, Olympic teams like Nike, Adidas, all these, but I just couldn't focus. So that just fell out from underneath me. And then I ended up basically uh, a model because someone could discover me on the streets in Hollywood. And then I a picture was put in elite model management. I literally became an elite model and was traveling to Europe and I was in London and I was drinking alcohol because that's when I was raging alcohol. Just nope, don't put an alcoholic in the middle of London. And then I was a mess. <laughs> and then I was getting into fights with dudes and I was showing up to casting calls with black eyes. And, you know, I was a girl and they were like, who is this crazy person? But I was most definitely on the forefront of androgyny modeling that was really when the whole androgyny thing started and I was one of those models but I just didn't make it and they ended up sending me back to the United States where I had no friends no family everyone had disowned me and I ended up homeless I've discovered crack cocaine and from that I discovered prostitution as and I would dress up like a boy with a hat and baggy clothes and men would pick me up and I would just do little, you know, jack off things or whatever for money. And I would make enough to buy crack until eventually the ice, you know, got taken home by a guy who almost killed me. And then I escaped. And from that moment on, I've been sober. Uh, and then I figured out that I could see a therapist who understood what I was talking about. And when she said, I understand what you're saying, because everyone else said no, that's when I started to transition 26 years ago, prior to internet, uh, anything, no research. It was very difficult. I was the first person for both my top surgery and my endocrinologist who told me basically I'll be his guinea pig. And so that was really where I was at. My mantra was, if it doesn't work out, I'll kill myself. So that, that was really what I lived by. If, you know, this sex change thing, which we, what we called it doesn't work out. There was no, nothing. I didn't get to go Google sex change. I didn't get to Google. What does it look like to be a trans man? None of that. I went in at full on blind, just God, please universe, take care of me because I'll just kill myself. That was like my out. Like once you start shooting testosterone, if I start looking like a weird, you know, crazy monster, I'm just going to slip my throat. I mean, it was that easy for me to say it, which if you think how profound that is for a youngster of my age, which I was yeah. in my late twenties, early thirties, it was, you know, just horrible. I don't ever want anybody to feel that way ever again. So then, you know, eventually I started doing pornography and that became a thing. And that's how I really built my brand was through pornography. And then I became a public speaker and travel. I travel the world now talking about my transition. And, and now, you know, and then what happens is this, when you start to become sort of more of a voice for a certain community, or you become the person who's sought or seen more than the rest of a more marginalized community, that's not necessarily a good thing, you know, but you get into a place where crabs in the bucket syndrome happens. And, you know, I noticed that more than ever in the last five or so years, I, I have been attacked by my community on some level because I don't, I don't tow a party line and I never have and I never will. And I don't think for anybody else but myself. And so that's always been my my, I got beat up 20 years ago when I started porn. Can you imagine what happened? The whole world freaked out on me, but there I was. And I with, you know, I withstood that in order for other guys to be able to come out. So when I start getting called names from my own community, I'm like, something's wrong here. <laughs> it's just not because I never got so much pushback since the last five years. So that's kind of where I'm at. And I'm a very outspoken activist of, of a person who believes in the things I believe in. And so because of being so outspoken, Sometimes that's not a good thing in a marginalized community. And on that note, I know David's got a lot of questions too. Just, I want our audience to know what is it specifically, if there's one thing or a few things that really have got you uh, becoming a more controversial figure. So yeah. So, so what that is, is, is my identity. And so my identity is called transsexual. And the reason that I'm a transsexual is because that's what I am when I transitioned. That was what we called it. That's I transitioned from a woman to live 
as a man. I did not change my biology. I did not change. It's not possible. It's, phys it's physically <laughs> and reality impossible. I changed the way I look to fit the way I feel, which is what we used to call a sex change. And so that I could live in the world as a man and the world could see me that way. And what makes me controversial is that I did not have bottom surgery. I chose to keep my vagina and live as a man who has a vagina. But that being said, within my community, we started, they started to remove this uh, identity transsexual and started calling it a slur, antiquated. There was a whole flip swing in our community that just was against everything I ever stood for in my own transition, which was to live as a man in the binary and not ever have to worry about being female again. And that sort of felt, I think on some level, people in this community, the newer, younger generation felt attacked by my community because they don't, it's a whole other thing now. Transgender is an umbrella term for a variation of all gender variants. But for some reason, they tend to leave out transsexual in that equation, mm -hmm. which is fine because my identity is specifically a medical gender dysphoric specific space where we go from one binary to the other, we get surgery and we wanna live in the world as men and women. That's why it's very specific and it really works for many of us that are like myself. Mm. So it's wonderful to talk to you because I don't feel like I'm walking on eggshells. <laughs> right um, on. I totally already love you, dude. <laughs> I want to be able to get to know the people I talk with and whether it doesn't have to be on a podcast, it can be over coffee. And if I feel like I have to uh, use their code in order to have a conversation and I might use it incorrectly and then they're going to call me out for it, it's not really a good conversation. I don't really actually get to know them at all. And um and so I don't, uh, you already set the tone in a way that allowed me to say, okay, I can pretty much ask you whatever you want. If you don't want to say anything, you won't. Um, so um, why do you think that coded approach, the eggshell approach is taking hold in the trans community in a way that makes it hard for people to actually get to know them better? Yeah, it's an excellent question. And I really appreciate you seeing my intentions as opening up conversation and not, not necessarily going against a community. I'm not going against anybody. I believe in conversation. I've been doing education for since my, my transition, plus more prior to that. So that being said, I appreciate that you see the openness and willingness for me to talk and nothing can derail my this conversation because I'm opening it up for us to have that conversation. So what I see today is this idea that we have to uh, follow these rules and regulations of how to speak to somebody. If you don't do that, then you get called these certain names and you're not, that's not in any way, shape or form a community that is in no way, shape or form someplace that wants to create change. That is a very regulated space, which we would call sometimes maybe fascist or cultish because you are told how to speak and, and what to speak. And that to me is not a community. A community is a bunch of people with different opinions and different ways of being, but one ultimate goal. <laughs> Isn't that a community? So I'm like, wait a minute. So I believe that they're shutting down because that's what they're doing. So you're, because what you came to me and said to me right now is exactly what the world needs to hear. You're walking on eggshells. When you walk on eggshells, that means you're not going to learn. That means you're going to be stuck in that seat. Sit down and shut up is what they're telling you, because you do not get to have a voice in this conversation, even though it affects you on some level. It might not, my, my community will affect you on some level, not maybe not directly, but on somehow indirectly. And that's what this community isn't seeing when they tell you to sit down and shut up. You don't have a, you don't get a new voice in this. That makes no sense to me because that's not how I've gotten to where I've gotten and how I've, I've made a lot of change in the world because I invite that conversation. So does that make sense on, on some level? Oh, for sure. You know, I, I'll just admit something here. Um, I used to go to a synagogue that there was, there was a trans man. And this is and I, it was the first person that I saw on some regular basis um, who was trans. And I didn't really have a category for it in my mind. I mean, I certainly knew a lot of LGBT, uh, lesbian, gay people um, that, uh, you know, and over time I, um, I understood I'd, I'd go with my friends to the gay bar, you know, on a, on a Wednesday, which was everybody night or whatever. But I didn't have that in my mind yet. And, and I, I sort of stayed away from uh, her um, and because I, I, it felt awkward. I just, I just didn't feel like I had the language for it. And 
you know, I had other experiences where I've gotten to know people. And then even I would say since we've been doing the podcast and it was with Xander, it was with Debbie and now you, I feel like I've been empowered to explore and whatever about me made me put up walls to that person. Those don't exist anymore. Um, and and that and I and I just wanted to say that you're the guest, not me. But I just wanted to say that I think that that's really opened up a world. And I'm fear now. I'm. It makes me understand why the current stilted language is just so dangerous for society. It keeps that's people right. locked into that way of thinking, that way of unable to relate to somebody else. And that's what we really are trying to do: is create a society where people can relate to each other more easily. Yeah. And um, that's right. And so. So now that we've really gotten that, I, I want to ask you another question. It's a question that I've been asking others that I struggle with. And Jennifer, you've heard it before. You know, there's the idea of sex, and which is biological. Um, as Xander says, we're, model, we're, we're, we're mammals. Um, and there's the idea of gender, which some argue is socially constructed. And, um, or at least partially socially constructed. And there might be some important nuances there, by the way. Um, and... Um, I don't understand why we have to either view it as sex or gender. Why we can't say that, uh, yes, I was born a certain natal sex, man or woman, and yet I, def I identify as this gender, and, um, and you should respect that. And I should respect uh, the, the fact that you, that you choose to live that according to that gender. That's right. So you see again what they're doing? They're dismantling something that has been put into place to help us all figure out who we are in the world. That's why there's biology. And they've been doing studies on biology for how many millions of years or whatever. I mean, it's an actual real space in the world. And I will right. guarantee you, 99.9% .9 of the world believes in biology. We could not be where we're at today if we did not. So this particularly, now, now, are we, it's quite, quite funny what I'm going to tell you, but how big is the trans population? Seriously. <laughs> 0.3 or some craziness yet they're so powerful <laughs> my voice went ah because i'm like whoa how is this happening how are they creating a language to dismantle right so part of this is to dismantle the patriarchy part of this is to dismantle you know iconoclasm it's to dismantle a, a, a societal norm that they feel to be against what they think will make a better world so that being said i I get, that's why they made sex slash gender now two different things. And it's to confuse us. It's to also let people say biology doesn't exist. Everything is socially constructed. What you said earlier, I do believe on some level, parts of gender are socially constructed. hundred percent. My mask, my hyper masculinity, because I wanted to be a man, whatever that means, right? Well, do we even have an identification of male, you know, whatever, outside of the biological? Mm -hmm. I wanted to be this type of man. That's socially constructed. I'm sure we can all agree on that here. But my actual bio biological makeup will never change. I will always be a biological female. So I really believe that the things that are coming out of this particular small part of the world, the transgender agenda, which I like to call it, is to dismantle belief systems so that they can now create other places that will make sense to the world that do not make sense now. Hmm. I don't know. It just sounds. I sound crazy, like one of those no. conspiracy theorists. <laughs> but there, there's so much danger in, in, yes. in that. I mean, it, it's it's trying to create a world that doesn't create that isn't now, but it's a world that's based on video on, games. Video games. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Right. So you think what they're doing is they're positing some kind of utopia that actually doesn't exist anywhere. And, and as a result, they're pushing sort of a revolutionary model that won't revolutionize us to anything better. That's but, right. Uh, rather, what we need, is, it. it appears to me, is a, some kind of incremental approach that makes people more over, understanding over time. And I get it. If you're, if you weren't, it would be better to maybe be born 30 years from now, or than it would have been 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, in that way, when society becomes even more understanding, but mm -hmm. but they're they're rushing something that may not be that you can't rush. 
Um, oh my God, I, I transitioned 26 years ago. Let me, this is why it upsets me. I've transitioned 20, against all odds, you guys, all odds. <laughs> and here I stand because that to me, that's why I make myself president in the world. I want people to see perseverance. I want people to say, it has nothing to do with me being a trans guy. It has everything to do with me being and wanting to have a life. And that's why I speak outside yes. of this community. I'm like, bullshit, I'm not gonna put myself over there. Those people, first of all, I don't even know what's going on. Secondly, that's not my transition. I did not transition to be pigeonholed into a space and say, you can't say this and you can't. That is not who I am and not who I've ever been. I've always right. pushed against, even with my pornography, I pushed against a system that said men only have penises and women only have vaginas. I pushed against that. And I said, wait a minute here. Let's have that conversation. I actually have a vagina and look at me. So I already had people thinking about, but I never I never tried to dismantle biology. What I tried to say is, yeah, the world sees things and I, you don't know. I could be walking down the street. You have no idea what's in my pants. But the minute you find out what's in my pants, your whole idea of who I am changes. These are the kinds of ideas and things I wanted to bring to the world that we need to start to coexist. Mm. I want to coexist with you guys. I want to have sure. drinks with you. I want to hang out sure. with you. I don't want to be isolated as this trans guy over here because we've now put ourselves into this little, you know, that's the thing that's so funny. They're hypocrites. They're 100% hypocrite. They're hypocrites because every time they say we need this, but they don't care that other people need something as well. It's only about them. And when someone mm. else has an opposite opinion about it, they shut them that stuff down as transphobic as turfy as how can we can't listen to women biological women are saying something listen to what they're saying and then we can have the conversation but when you immediately say you're a turf there you go right there see it created a space to shut down the conversation like, like is, it, is it different um are are is there is there a generalization to be made that uh that trans men are have a, a different than trans women yes. and why why is that? Case? Well, again, I'm going to go to society and societal norms and the way I was raised as opposed to the way you were raised, right? Because I was born a woman. So I was raised that way. And I was totally raised in a space of femaleness. Even though my parents raised me as a boy, I still had, I was still a female. And so I still got, you know, those messages and I was still biologically female. And I'm telling you, do we understand nurture versus nature? Do we understand things that are innately biological and things that are not? I have an eight-year-old son. <laughs> Let me tell you about an eight-year-old dude, <laughs> totally different than an eight-year-old girl. So, but at the same time, what, what am I doing that's, you know, maybe enforcing those societal things, right? So uh, we get reinforced in our way of being. And so as a trans guy who's coming from a female space where we're told to shut up and sit down all the time, right? And if we say anything, we're bitches. And, you know, if we have a lot of sex, we're whores. And it's just like insane what they say to ladies. But now as a dude, Oh my God, I could say anything and do anything I want. I could have a sex with a million chicks and I'm a stud. So it's like, I'm like, wait a minute here. Why is the scale so uneven? And, and if there's anyone who could talk about it. It's a man who lived as a woman for half my life. So, mm. so I do, there is a, and so these trans women are coming from a, a, a space of socialization as men. If you see, there's a different energy with trans women and trans men. That's why you see so many more trans women with voices than trans men. Interesting. Can you can you flesh that out a little bit more? Um, mm -hmm. So you see more trans women with voices because mm -hmm. why? Why? I, I, I need I need more. I need more. Okay. Details. Why? Because again, think about it. You're transitioning from a man raised mm -hmm. as a man, have all the societal okays of being a man, which means you you, you learn how to be more for, forward. You learn how to walk into a room and command that room. Okay. You learn how, this is a learned behavior. Mm -hmm. So now I don't care that you're changing your outside to fit your inside. What does that even mean, right? So now you're literally changing your physical space or you're self-IDing in the world as a woman. And then you're just coming into the space and saying, I'm a woman now, but you have been raised in this male space that has told you you can walk into the room that way. Whereas a guy like me was never told or I had to reteach myself that it was okay to walk into the room that way. Does, does that, does that make now sense? Now it makes sense. And oh my gosh. So you see I, how come that's why their voices, they have learned to present themselves in a way that's more powerful than trans men. Okay. Yeah. My mind was just blown right now. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, thank you for giving me that clarification because that was that that was really helpful. Wow. And so it's why when, you know, again, I was raised as a woman. So that means half my life I had to deal with the bullshit women have to deal with on a daily basis. Most transgender women never dealt with that. If they transition later in life, they never dealt with what I dealt with. So I have a different eye. I have a different eye on the equation of biological women saying, hey, wait a minute here. We want to have a conversation about what this means to have trans women in our spaces. And I and I, I'm, I don't know why that's a bad thing. I don't know why we can't have the conversation. I don't know why when J.K. Rowling says sex is a real thing and we will welcome trans women in our space, but you're a trans woman. You're not a woman. And so why are people, fi- why is the trans community fighting back and saying trans men are men, trans women? No, we're not. We are not men and women, we are trans men and women. And when you take that out of the equation, you not only hurt me by my own experience of living as a trans person and future trans people, but you also hurt me medically. And I'm not the same as you over there, my friend. I don't have to say, I don't go get a prostate exam. I have to actually go to the gynecologist. So how am I the same as a biological man? You see this mixing and and molding and, and mincing words together. We'll do it actually hurts. You can't solve problems that way if you don't diagnose them correctly. That's right. If you pretend that that something else is at work when it's not, then you don't come up with the right solution. So that can be in the medical field as well. If you have to. And, and, and then you don't get the right kind of medical care you need. That's um, right. And it's, it's not in any way, shape or form being disrespectful of trans people. Why would we pretend like we're something else? That's where I get really weirded out. That's where I'm like, hey, wait a minute here. You are totally trying to take over a space. And women are saying, hey, wait a minute. And I said, flip that narrative, my friend. What if all the women wanted to start calling themselves trans women? What if? And then everyone's just like, uh, right? I always make those. So I say, I used to say it to men all the time. I said, because they'd be like, you're not a man. You have a vagina. You're a woman. I'm like, shut up, dude. What if you got, what if someone cut your penis off tomorrow? Are you no longer a dude? I remember I used to say it years ago and they would just be like, uh, because it would make them have to think. So it's like, switch the narrative, people. Like, what if women were just like, fuck you, we all want to be trans women and we're taking away from your experience. Like, uh, you know, I'm all about coexisting. When we learn how to coexist, right? When when the Jews and the Palestinians, when the fucking, you know, fucking black people and the white people and the gays and the straights, when we all learn at that, look, we are allowed to have our own space in the world. But what we are not allowed to do is tell people how to fucking live their lives, whether or not they're in that space or not. And then maybe I want to learn about this. So how do I learn about it if you keep pushing me away? And right. yeah, it's just, fr- it frustrates me as an elder in the, in, in the community who's really done a lot of work to try to be, to try to get, I, I never spoke in my community. I spoke out of my community to people like you. That's been my work for years because I really, and I have so much respect around the world because I have always come to the conversation with a complete and total like openness. You know, I'm totally open to anything and everything because I want the world to learn from me. Right. Well, life is so much more fun that way, too. <laughs> totally. Right? I don't want to hide who I am. And I never will ever, ever. But I've got to go. So now you, you brought something up. I've got to, so where there is this tension within the trans community, mm-hmm. I kind of have two questions. Now, my first question was going to be, is it often really trans people? I mean, I think a lot of it are mm-hmm. people who are um, who are trying mm-hmm. to portray themselves as allies. But mm-hmm. so I'm going to add to that. So are most of the people who are say against you and what you're saying, or um, who are very adamant about trans women are women, trans men are men, mm. are they A, allies, and B, if where they are part of the trans community, would you say they are more, it's more trans women who are making this pronouncement no. based on what you said? No, here's what it is. It's you know I have a lot of love in the community, so I, I don't want to misrepresent that as well. I do have a lot of love. I would say there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of friction, right? So there's also what what we had in high school, right? Clicks. <laughs> there's a lot of clicks in the trans community because there's so many new labels. That's why transgender as an umbrella term is dangerous. Xander probably agrees with me on that. Mm-hmm. It's just dangerous as hell, and you can see exactly why. It's just eating it it's literally eating itself alive that's why i pull that's why a lot of us just pull transsexual out of it we don't want to be part of that turmoil that's going to eat it so we we see it all we totally just like whoop we're out of that and so that being said i really feel like it's the younger trans generation it's it's not the young 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 it's the 20 something year olds Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so Why, why 
Well, why do you they, think this has affected the younger generation? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Because I challenged their idea of trans. And so what they're telling everyone in the world is that you do not need gender dysphoria to be trans. And I'm like, I'm, I'm challenging you. That's not true. That is not the actual definition of trans. Well, it is now. We changed it. I said, but you can't change something that's already being used. That's called co-option. You co-opted a whole community and changed it. I go, that, then where do I stand? Because I have gender dysphoria. I transitioned 26 years ago before you were born. And now you're telling me I don't exist. So I'm like, how fair is that? And they're like, well, you just need to get on board. You're old. So just sit. They basically tell me some of these kids, like, sit down, shut up. We'll take it from here. I'm like, who right. talks to people like that? Secondly, no, <laughs> I'm not going to sit down. <laughs> and you can't make me sit down. I can play that game, friend. So, so that, so that being said, it was a generation of people who feel that I'm threatening to them because, you know, we have these, they think for some reason I'm anti-non-binary, which I have never said that I never am. I said, non-binary is not trans and that's before it became an umbrella term. And so that just been a huge shit show and everyone now that they can't let go of it. They just literally bite my ankles every day. You're anti-non-binary. I'm like, can we talk about something else? Because I'm not. <laughs> and now we can move on. <laughs> so, so let, let me, uh, Katie Herzog, who's a writer and a podcast yeah, person. She's a oh, she, I, yeah. I, she's, she's really cool. Uh, and I love, I love uh, Blockton Reported. She, she wrote a piece uh, for Andrew Sullivan's uh, Substack, uh, Where Have All the Lesbians Gone? And she was talking about how, like, you know, she growing up, I, I gather she's in her late 30s, maybe early 40s, yeah. something like that. You know, there were lesbians. And now all of a sudden, everybody's either non-binary yeah. or yeah. trans or whatever. And she feels like a whole generation has sort of changed its fundamental identity or orientation. And I guess I have, I, I, in my own head, I was thinking, okay, is that because we've liberated ourselves of, of the demands of gender? And so people have this new way of identifying that's more authentic to them? Or are they being pressured out of being either le lesbian or gay identity um, and in order to um, be part of the new uh, you know, non-binary trans craze. I mean, That's right. what, what, which one is that? Is it, or is it a little bit of both of them? All the above. All, I, I, I mean, my, again, remember everyone out there, please. I am not the guy who runs any community. I'm not, nah, I'm just trampa, this old tranny <laughs> trying to stay alive. Sure. I'm, I'm not the end all be all. It's all, everything right. you hear on this podcast is my only, my opinion. So, so that being said, I think all the above. And I think, you know, I do, kids are always looking for their identity. Come on, man. I was a punk rocker and then I was a sports guy and then I was a surfer and then I was a skateboarder. I mean, it's the same. To me, this is okay. And that's the other thing I need to, 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 to say is that transsexual is not an identity choice. It's a means to a way of living authentically where transgender is now an identity choice. These oh. kids are, I'm trans, I'm trans. We never said we're trans. We always said we're men and women because that was on our, our ultimate goal was to go from A to Z, right? To go from men to women and women to men where the transgender umbrella is about identity. These kids, non-binary, gender non-conforming, FTM, they, right. they label themselves with it. They don't even wow. see what they're doing. I, I'm like, you guys, it's a label. No, it isn't. It's my, I go, no, you're labeling yourself. Don't you see? We didn't label ourselves. That wasn't mm -hmm. the point. And so, so what I see is this idea that these kids just need an identity. They all want to be part of the new mm -hmm. club and the new club is trans. Now within wow. that, there are most definitely people like me and that's going to be the problem. They're getting lost in the equation because a lot of people are saying it's, it, they're not, you know, like you don't have to medically transition. You don't need gender dysphoria mm -hmm. to be trans. So you don't need a diagnosis now. Mm -hmm. It's called self-ID. So anyone, you guys could say you're trans right now and that's it. No one will question it. Bizarre. Okay, so you just blew my mind yet again. <laughs> Thank you very much, Beth. Yeah, um, but <laughs> it's funny that you said that because this here's something, I'm going to tell you something that I've, I've kind of never said for fear of eggshells. Mm, that's right. <clears throat> A friend of mine one time said, and I want to get your feedback on this. So I'm not saying this because I necessarily believe it, but they said, um, remember when we were, uh, we're, we're all around about the same age, you know, when we were kids, you being, if you wanted to be different or kind of like a little edgy, you were goth. Mm -hmm, right. You were all black. You were goth. Exactly. And so a, a, an acquaintance of mine said trans is the new goth. That's right. That's right. And I always like, it blew that's me right. away. But of course, I never said that to anyone. You know, I, mean, I was like, oh, that is, that's kind of really, I think that might be true, but I don't want to offend anyone. But what I'm hearing from you, I mean, I think that that's, 
really true because I see a lot of people and and we don't we shouldn't box people in if they want to experiment experiment away that's right but I do wonder exactly what you said it's this search for identity and you're definition and your difference of transsexual versus transgender that just blew my mind because that's right i mean and you you mentioned that xander did talk to us about this because Mm -hmm. he also identifies as transsexual that's right transgender and that's where he gets a lot of the slack that's right we both we both do He's a, he's a, well, he's a, he's a, he, he works in the mental health field. So imagine mm-hmm. that he's getting mm-hmm. pushed back by other mental health care. Me and Xander are pretty much right on in all of our thinking. We're older guys. We transitioned a long time ago. We, we wanted to be men. That's what we did. We've made a very six. He's very successful. I'm very successful. That's all we ever wanted to be in the world. And now we're getting pushed back from a community that says what we're doing is wrong and what we're doing is not okay. And it's like, what? We've been doing this for like ever. And literally without Xander, a lot of you guys would even have the mental health care you have so you know i i really feel that they feel threatened by us because on some level they feel this is what i really believe that on some level people will start to see what's really going on over there and what's really going on over there is an identity choice it's not the same as actual gender dysphoria where you need medical transitioning and all of that so they're trying to make it where anybody anybody in the world it's called self-id and you don't have no question about it and that's fine i don't care Honestly, I do not care. It is totally what, however you need to, but what I do care about is the guys like me and the girls like me and the youngsters like me who are going to get caught up in this thing and might maybe not take being taken care of the the correct way they need to be taken care of because now we don't have mental health care. We don't have the system we need to be having in order. I never look back, you guys. I've never looked back 26 years ever. So it, the, the danger in a way is if everybody's trans, then nobody's trans. In other words, if it, then, then you ignore the kid who really needs to make a, a right. change. Right. And right. because everybody's, oh, he's just caught up in, this, in the social contagion of trans. That's right. And, That's right. Um, and um, so, so let's, let's talk about that for a second. You know, uh, one of the hot issues, um, hotly contested issues is uh, trans teenagers, especially. Um, and what to do about it and, um, and what to do about it. If you're a parent, when you're, you know, 15 year old comes to you and says, I think I want to, um, I want to be trans or I'm trans. I need to go through, I need hormones. Um, and how do you make sense of that? On the one hand, the last thing, if you're, if you're a thoughtful parent, the last thing you want is to hold your child back from an, uh, an authentic change. But you also are like, okay, this is a teenager who does, who, you know, one day likes one food and the next day doesn't like that food. Um, And so you don't know how to make sense of it. How would you help somebody like me? And I will be honest that there is somebody in my family who has struggled in this way, who probably has dysphoric. How would you, how how would you advise me um, in dealing with that? Uh, it's a great question. So, because uh, this is also really very, uh, very, uh, uh, you know, I get into a, some trouble with this because uh, being an older guy, I just can see things. And so, uh, so what the first thing I would say, if this person is 15, 100% the parent needs to get them into a mental health care professional, first and foremost, therapy. Yes. That was the number one thing I would not ever recommend anything else. I don't care about a doctor. I don't care about a lawyer. I don't care about surgery. None of that matters. What matters is this kid makes, gets the right diagnosis for a lack of a better word. So these are the things the community is trying to, to uh stop is that we're not mentally ill so we don't need a diagnosis so that you know somebody could just make the wrong fucking choice at 15 yeah right that's a safe way to fucking push a kid through a system you idiots it pisses me off because now we have a thing called detransitioners and because we had self-id and the uk specifically it just went crazy and all these kids transitioned with no doctor and they all got breasts removed and took hormones and in a year or two decided they weren't really trans yet here they are growing mustaches have no boobs some of them have no history have had hysterectomies and they're at 20 they're like okay now what (laughs) can you i mean this is why i keep saying i don't care if you're gonna suffer mentally for a year or two you damn well better suffer for at least a, a year or two mentally and whatever that means because you will suffer so much harder if you do physical, medical stuff to your body that is irreversible. This is what people don't understand. So if the kid is going to mental health, he's dealing with his mental health, right? 
But if he's just going and cutting his boobs off, what? Now what? They're just going to chop your boobs off and send you on your way. Where did the kids start to really connect to that situation on some level? It's a very traumatic thing to happen to a youngster. So number one, mental health care. And I'm going to say this too, which is very controversial. I don't believe in gender therapists. I believe in therapists who are very widely, have a lot of different things going on. I believe if you send somebody to a gender therapist, what is their, what is their objective? <laughs> right. right? So They're already bought that. in. There you go. So mm-hmm. I'm like, fuck that, man. I didn't go to a gender therapist yet. My fucking therapist figured it out and she had no skills. If they're a good therapist, they're going to help you find that space. Right. You know, maybe there's other things going on with you. We don't know just because a kid says they're trans. There's no way that's 100% all the time, especially now today with social media influences, all the things that you could say that could make you trans. Right. So that that's, and, and secondly, love and, and, and compassion on some level that says, we love you. Let's talk about it. Let's figure this out together. Let, let, you know, I love you as my child and I want to make sure you're a badass adult. So let's going to do this and we're going to do it slowly and we're going to do it correctly. We're not going to push you into this. Maybe eventually we get you a binder. We get you a packer. We, you know, we do the things that start to make you feel so masculine that you walk the world feeling less traumatic. That's what my parents did. They socially transitioned me. They let me be a boy. It was the most happiest childhood, man. I was a badass. <laughs> and that's just socially transitioned. So I don't know. My, my beliefs are a little old school, I think, and a little more conservative in that. But again, I, I've been through a lot as a 26-year transition guy. And so I just see things in a more conservative space. What about the whole um, athletes issue that yeah, that's a whole other shit show. Again, no one wants nuance. Come on, man. Does anybody even know what the definition of nuance? I'm like, what the fuck? Things are not black and white. Nothing is all the way this way and all the way that thing. Yes, trans kids should be playing sports. What does that mean? It's bigger than just let's make trans kids in there. We have to have the conversation on both sides. So yeah, I won't tell you that I agree or disagree with it. Well, I'll tell you this. There's a difference between eight-year-old kids 10 year old kids, 12 year old kids, even maybe 14 or 15, they, they have, they're, they're able to play together, boys and girls. And physically, there's no difference there. So it's all good. But we start get to be in a place where you start going through puberty as a man, right? And are, are, even as a woman, those things change your body. They change your, your, the way you, re- they change your strength, everything. And anybody who's going to disagree with me, I, I, I can't have a conversation because you're not in reality. It is an actual factual thing. Men are stronger than women. And so if the person is going through puberty at this age and now they're going to transition to a woman well come on there is going to be a little bit of this we need to have the conversation and also why are we not asking biological girls how they feel about it are they are they cool with it like because it's now going to enter it's going to come on their side right so we just need to i i I really think trans kids should be playing in sports but i think we also need to figure out how to do it where everybody feels comfortable and everybody feels safe on some level. And now we get to the adult stuff where we have MMA fighters and, you know, we have people who are now what, what, uh, lift uh, weightlifters that are like doing world records of course they are they used to be dudes and they like literally came in <laughs> transitioned for one year and just ripped that world record right <laughs> i'm just like come on man there's no way i can be the only trans person that's like come on man but people are scared in my community they're scared. That's why people all the time like are behind my back. They're like, dude, keep going. Right. <laughs> they're like, I can't say anything, but KJ, I get it every day, man. It, like, people are like, you're a badass. What, what do you do? Do you actually encourage some people to say, listen, I can do, I'll do this. You got, I got your back, but maybe you can come out a little bit and help me out here a bit. I mean, of is course that- I do. And I, and they're like, dude, I can't, I'll lose my job or lose. And I don't want ever anybody to lose their job. I don't, I won't lose my job because my, I own my own companies. Number one, right. number two, I didn't pigeonhole myself into one space. I'm all over the place and I create stuff for the world. I don't create stuff for one specific group. And so that being said, I'm not fearful either. Like I'm just not fearful to be canceled. I'm just not. And so if I don't put that out there, it's not coming back to me. People, you know, if there's a guy out there just like writing all kinds of nonsense about me but I'm like this guy saying I go who cares that's his problem you think he looks good talking like that about me and if he does I don't care about those people they don't need to be in my life but trust me when people put that kind of energy out in the world people see it why do you want to dismantle me why do you want to take me down why why it, it says to me like something's going on with you not with me scared of my voice they don't like the, the things that I say because it's not 
towing the party line, which I will never do. I've yeah. got, um, David, I've got two like kind of fun ending questions, yeah. but you, if you've got something. Go for it. Okay. Please. My first question is, I've heard you say this before when I was doing, um, listening to some of your other podcasts and pardon my ignorance. Um, what is a turf? <laughs> I'm so glad though that you don't know what it is. I kind of don't want to even say it. Oh like, my. Somebody doesn't know it. Oh my. <laughs> but, you know, my partner keeps reminding me, dude, you're in a bubble. <laughs> the rest of the world doesn't know anything about these trans people. All this shit that, you know, it's like a little teeny. And that's why I always have to get a reality check. Why am I getting sucked into this nonsense? So a turf is a trans exclusionary radical feminist. It's somebody who's a biological woman as yourself who doesn't believe that trans women or women are, are allowed to be in women's spaces. And you don't believe that. I don't believe that. What we, what, I'm not going to speak for you, but I pretty much wouldn't no, probably yeah. be on your show if you were. Right, but, right. Yeah, I just wouldn't because that's not the nature of who I'm at. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an activist for everyone. That being said, I, exclusionary, what does that even mean? Like, it just means these really hardcore women who are saying, you're not a woman, you're a man. And those people suck. And they're not cool. And those are real TERFs. But I've learned to understand that TERF now is a slur and they use it for anybody. And this is where they fucked up because they use it for anybody who disagrees with them. So I'm like, now you just ruined it because now it doesn't mean anything. Just like transphobic. When they start calling me transphobic and they start claiming, I have, this is my favorite, which I'm making a t-shirt, internalized transphobia. And they're like, I have internalized transphobia. <laughs> I'm like, this is so good. You guys are making up some good shit. Yeah. You know, so I, you've I, actually someone's actually accused you of that? Oh, to, all the time. The oh, young, that's hilarious. Those young kids, the, the ones who don't like me, who are non-binary, are like, "You hate non-binary. You're internalized transphobia. You're uh, <laughs> just like what? What the hell no. are you talking about? I don't even know what they're talking. I'm like, you're you <laughs> kids and your language. <laughs> I just speaking of, I'm so cracking up at my my ignorance and you just. Um, telling me about turf because I feel I do feel like a grandma now because it's like when the song WAP came out and I found out what it meant I was like oh oh no you know and my son of course who's you know 17 he's like he's laughing his you know rear off and I'm like Oh, you can't. Oh my. Oh, whoa. <laughs> so now, <laughs> so now we, we, we're showing our age here. But... Right on. Awesome. I'm so glad though. I did. I transitioned in a time of no social media. I do right. feel sorry for these kids. I think they are caught up in some nonsense. They just are, you know, this, a lot of these kids are lonely and we had COVID and they're at home and they have no, and who knows, man, they'd be in abusive space and they're just like latching on to all these other kids and they're all feeding off each other's fucking up energy and it's just creating a ball of anger and insanity and i'm coming in like kids please man calm down like i'm like telling them every day trans is only this much of who you are you're putting too much weight right. on that too much and it's mm. going to break you know your right. foundation is going to break because the only thing you have on your foundation is this idea that you're trans right. nothing else and there's nothing else and that's so important too i mean Ugh. that's just a all of all of our like gender or sexuality that's just such a fraction of who we are that's i mean right. do you like to read books or do you you know do you like to go <laughs> run i mean there's just so much here but i will speaking of which so this is my last question for you and it's a fun question because i heard you talk about this you said in one of your podcasts i believe with dr uh so that someone asked you like, you know, what is your, your, your workout routine? You're like, Oh, come on. You can't even do what I do as, <laughs> as someone who, who, who uh, is a gym rat myself, I am going to come to you and I'm going to ask what your workout routine is. And right you know on. what? I want it to be part of to be part of this podcast, but I'm going to write it down or at least something in the podcast blog. So I, 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 but don't have to tell the actual routine, but you know, you said earlier in the podcast, that was really important to you that, that, Yes. Uh, the, the physical, the physio physicality of yes. my English. You're, is, no, um, you're right. You're, you're right. right. Like that, yeah. that look to you is very, very important. Very. As an identity as a man. So, right. um, so clearly 
working out? So, right. That, no. So, so I'll tell you my workout routine. So I used to go to the gym all the time. COVID hit. We stopped going to the gym and I'll be 60 next year. So I'm like, you know what, man, I need to like get myself into a space that I don't need to be bulking up. And it's hard work to do that. You have to just take so much shit and like, like, I feel, I don't feel good anymore. I want to feel good at 60. I want to feel lean and badass. So I really completely changed my workout routine to body weight. So what I do is a shit ton of pull-ups, push-ups. I started working on handstands. So now I'm going to be doing these handstand things, like all kinds of like holding yourself vertical, real uh, calisthenic type workouts, right? Like really working mm. with balls and kettlebells and different types of, I have the rings where now I'm doing all mm-hmm. kinds of ring exercises. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I feel a hundred and billion times better as well. I'm not putting all that massive weight on my body where I used to do. And now I feel more flexible. I do yoga, I do stretching and I, but mostly my main muscular to create muscle on my body as mostly uh, within the space of calisthenics, like pull-ups, push-ups, body weight exercise, handstands. I mean, you can learn so much too. Just go to TikTok, but uh, you would be blown away how many great workouts are on there. So I'm learning how to do, I want to do eventually handstand walks. And that's my ultimate yeah. goal at 60, to be able yeah. to wow. put my handstand and walk across the floor. <laughs> is, you know what? I, I think I have a new um, entrepreneurial pursuit for you is you know a buck angel workout yep. video right on You're <laughs> we not don't do first. videos you know whatever yeah. but no, uh an yeah an excellent. app a buck yeah. angel workout app but uh yeah, excellent i'm at the same place where you are with 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 what you just said on those workouts mm-hmm. as we're as we're That's right. uh, aging so it's good um, for you. It's better for you than it, it is. It's an actual better workout. I really believe in body weight and you could do, you could actually have the most awesome body, just body weight exercises. Well, you know, I, I'll, I'll end with this. You know, I don't want to get into our, like, you know, workout routines too much, but my, my husband's a, a very large, um, you know, physically mm-hmm. fit man. And when we first met, you know, I was actually competing in figure competitions and I was oh, doing, wow. um, Krav Maga. So I'd come home with like bruises on my body from Krav Maga from fighting. Awesome. And, and he's such a big guy. He was like, I don't want to go out with you because they're going to think I did it. Mm. <laughs> I totally relate. I totally relate. You but know, it's real. And so even yeah. though I like, I, I, de- I, I identified with being a strong woman, I kind of yep. took it to this level of where you're at, like with more calisthenics, uh, yep. kettlebells, more cardio, because you know, I saw from his eyes, um, you know, uh, yeah, they, they probably do think that you did. Right. Oh no, totally. A hundred percent. I mean, you know, it's a real thing. I look like a scary dude. You know what I mean? Like people, if a woman said I hit it, they're going to believe her over me. That's like a real thing. So, you know, it is, if you look like a, like how he sounds like he looks then yeah, people are going to be like, well, dude, or Hey lady, why are you saying like that dude? So I chose him over my aggressive workout routine. There you go. Right on. Excellent. (laughs) Right on. Well, that that said, I'm almost done with my drink, but you are like a gem. You are such a treasure. Thank you for being in this world. Oh, that's sweet. Thank you. Great energy. I appreciate it. I I appreciate you guys a lot. It means a lot to me to have my voice put out there into the world. And because, you know, I have a different opinion and I don't want the whole world to think all trans people are this way or people who are, you know, it took a lot for me to get to this space. And I I feel as if I do and have earned my space in this world and my voice. And so, you know, it hurts your feelings on some level when a young generation comes in and is like, like, what? (laughs) What's (laughs) happening here? (laughs) Do all people get kicked in the balls i don't know about this but anyway i just want to say that thank you guys i appreciate you and you're a trampa so people need to like start like paying attention yeah i mean just have a conversation we don't have have to agree i don't care don't agree with me i'm old and i have different taste in music it's all good good. (laughs) and we we can still like you know hug and sing kumbaya at the end of the day whatever that's right i mean the ultimate goal but what did i say from the beginning it doesn't matter that we have a different opinions what matters is what is our ultimate goal me you all of us sitting here our ultimate goal is to live in a free world in a free society where we can do the things we need to do but you also need structure it's why when you said police officers we need police officers this idea that that's just nonsense we have to have that we don't structurally have that all good luck i want to say to all the people out there before i leave good luck next time you have a problem and i guarantee if i swear to god try not calling the police and see what happens there you go yeah it's a real thing it's it's hurtful (laughs) not all police are bad (laughs) no no i mean there's always room for conversation in that as well 
That's but, right. But the demonization. That's right. The collective demonization. That's right. That is exactly right. And that's what I say to people out there. Put yourself on the other side. Mm. Come on. Yeah, there's some problems in the police department. There's some problems in the trans community. There's problems in every community. Let's look at the problem and fix it. And the police are willing to look at it. They are. They want to look at it. They want to change the system. They see it. But, you know, my sister said it all the time. Of course, there's bad cops. We don't like them either. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. If you're a bad name. That's right. That's why bad trannies give us a bad name. <laughs> and I can say it because I'm a tranny. <laughs> you just you know, did. And, and I'm so laughing at your use of that word too, because again, my my son, um, you know, being 17, uh, and, and in a school where it, there's he has quite a few transsexual friends. Um, transgender. Transgender friends is what they prefer. And I think one time. Um, someone around him used the word tranny and he, he, who he's not, he's, you know, he's a normal, you know, yeah, yeah. not normal. I know, not I know what, I know what you mean. Heterosexual, right. cisgender, whatever. Yeah. Um, and, and he was, he was mortified. <laughs> Because it it is a slur intention, people. (laughs) Everything has intent behind it. Every word you you, if I say to my gay buddy friend over here, which I do every time he comes over, hey faggot, (laughs) the the intent is my faggot friend. And so the same I I have no problem being called a tranny in the intent that you're playing with me. Hey, hey, you know, it's like a gross if you're like "Eh, those, those trannies over there. Like that's gross, but but everybody has slang. We have slang for all kinds of different places. And if like, you know, mm-hmm. you understand that and your intention on everything, then we don't have to be shutting down everything as a slur or a bad thing. I don't, I don't know where these people think they're going to go live when they try to shut down the whole system in the United States, because it's it's not <laughs> they're going to be like, where's the old America? <laughs> But it's yeah. not just that. I mean, you touched on something. I'm sorry, I keep on saying I'm I'm gonna let you go, but okay. I mean it's it's humor too, right? That's right. That's I mean, right. we used to be able to make fun of each other, even right. our, our immutable characteristics, That's right. you know. I mean, even that we used to make fun of, like you were just saying, like faggot trendy, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, I've been I've had friends of, of different races call me a cracker. It's funny right. it's because the intent is is to be humorous, is to laugh at. That's right. What we're taking so seriously. What has been put into a space of ugly, gross shit. And so uh, people have reclaimed the word queer. Now we have all these non-LGBT people calling themselves queer. It's like, what? Wait a minute. <laughs> that came from our space, but whatever. Go ahead. But you see what I mean? A queer was a horrible world. I can tell you guys from yeah. my generation hate that word. Slaughtered. Gay men got slaughtered over the queer word. But here we got a bunch of you know little fucking girls running around in fucking Berkeley College or whatever and going, I'm a queer. I'm like, yeah. Oh, if you understand where that word is coming from, then I'll let, you know, I'll be cool with it. But they just, you know, so they pick and choose there's this pick and choose of what we can and cannot say you know that's really interesting so i had a friend who uh an older guy uh probably well he 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 passed away but probably would have been 65 is came from detroit worked in the automobile industry white guy um Mm -hmm. we were living here in texas and and i was joking around and i called him a cracker Mm -hmm. and he was offended because back in that day that's right in you know Detroit, Michigan, right. when you were called a cracker, it was truly a slur. It wasn't funny anymore, That's and right. that blew me away because I was like, "Oh, yeah. well, it's kind of you know like funny now." Yeah. And so, like you're saying, like, I mean, no, that, that difference yeah. in generation, and generation, how, yeah, it's a huge thing. You know, my mom comes from West Virginia, where they call them hillbillies, right? And so I always crack up. Hey, mom, our hillbilly family. She's like, never say that ever again she got pissed at me i was like uh it's a joke she goes it's not a joke and i was like yeah. okay never mind yeah. and, then, and then they write the hillbilly elegy i know right. Right. and i'm just like uh but you could see my mom's 82 you could see the damage inside of her because right. it was used as a demeaning oh way. yeah mm-hmm. totally it was horrible what was happening back mm-hmm. in those days right in the coal sure. mine and all that shit my grandfather coal miner all that nonsense but that that being said yeah we, you know some of these some of these words that you're all reclaiming out there uh, you got to remember there's history behind these words yeah. and so you have to have respect for that as well and then when you tell Absolutely. me i can't say tranny because there's all this made up made up by the 
right away, made up stuff around it, then it's just like, wow, this control in this community of telling who can say what and when and where. That's what doesn't work for me and it never will. I I refuse. That's why I push back. You know, I push back hard because I'm like, wait a minute, you kids need to learn a lesson here. This is not how the world works and you're not going to get your way every time. You can't go into the university and say that the teacher misgendered you and now you're going to get the teacher fired. Like what? Yeah, if the teacher's an asshole and they keep misgendering, I could see that. But one time, two times, you know, it's it's a learning curve. We're on a learning curve. It's like your teacher giving you an F every time you walk into the class because you didn't sign your name right. Like, right? There's a learning curve here, kids. And so this idea... Start pushing people out of the conversation. Help them learn. Instead, help them learn. That's what I'm trying to say. Help. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm gonna help you learn, so that hopefully you're not gonna hate the next generation that's coming in and pushing against you guys and telling you all this bullshit. Because I think that just not. There's part of me that says that they're just hearing wrong stuff, and so you know I'm not being a savior. I'm just saying let me give you a different opinion here, kids. Right. Beautiful. And recognizing that we're all individuals, right? So, That's I mean, right. That's you, someone right. might want to be called something and That's someone right. who looks exactly the same might want to be called something else. And so giving, right. allowing people some, um, you know, great wiggle room, wiggle right? room. And then you uh, correct them and you go, by the right. way, I'm sorry, I prefer right. this. They prefer that. Okay, great. Thank you for letting that's me right. know. It won't happen that's again. Right. But to right. demonize again because of a mistake. But that pushes people away. And now all I see is people going, I'm not using my pronouns. Fuck you. I'm not cisgender. Fuck you. I'm not going to say I'm he, her, right. and because people are pushing back, which I said, watch and see what will happen. People will push back on us because we're forcing them to take on pronouns. I don't do my pronouns for that exact reason. Because if I say this, if you can't tell that I'm a dude, then my <laughs> sex change sucked. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you so much. This is so much right on, fun. Guys. Right on. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thank All you, right. Buck. Thank you for listening to this episode of Hold My Drink. Like or subscribe to the show and check out the show notes for links to source material and to our website where you can find what each of us is reading every week. Different news with different views. If you have a topic that you would like us to explore, drop us a line. And join us next week as we say, hold my drink and the conversation gets real.